For Kamloops Computer Center, this is Radio NL's Inside Politics. Here's NL News Director Shane Woodford. Pleasure to be joined by Premier John Horgan, who's having a pretty good day today. Uh, John, let's rewind to this morning. How did the whole Daryl Plekis' speaker situation evolve? How did it happen? Well, Mike Farnworth, uh, the government house leader, has been uh, preparing for the session and the throne speech that happened today. And, of course, the speaker and who w- the speaker's chair and who would be in the, that chair has been a topic of much interest over the past number of months as this historic change in government has been taking place. And it was Mike's responsibility to work within our caucus to find uh, uh, who would be the best person to take that role. And he expanded his discussions to other people in other parties. And, and he and Mr. Plekis uh, came to an agreement that it would be a, a good job for him to hold and a, another symbol to the people of B.C. that Liberals, Greens and Conservatives can, and, and New Democrats can work together uh, for the interests of British Columbians. So it was uh, sometime in the past week or so. I don't know the exact details. I wasn't involved in it, but... Uh, I'm pleased that Mr. Plekis has taken on the job, and I'm extremely happy that uh, we'll be able to work with people from all political parties to uh, improve lives of British Columbians. I know that uh, no matter what the situation is, John, you're going to strike the best tone, but uh, how much of a relief was it to have uh, the Plekis situation develop and get that extra seat breathing room? Well, it makes a big difference for a whole bunch of things. For example, uh, there's a First Minister's Conference slated for October, uh, that would have been extremely difficult for me to attend because uh, the House would be sitting. So that gives me a bit of flexibility uh, to work with uh, the two House leaders, government and opposition, so that I could go back to Ottawa and represent BC's interest. And, and very critical at this point in time with the fire season continuing, uh, softwood lumber still not resolved, and the opioid crisis uh, getting worse, it appears, by the day. So very important for me to be in Ottawa with the other premiers and the prime minister to make sure BC's interests are represented. So that's just one example of having the flexibility of an independent speaker, Mr. Plekis, allowing us to have a bit more space uh, in our government so that we can we can travel and then uh, whether it be on a trade mission or, or representing the interests of of uh, the province at, at other conferences. I think that the citizens expect that. And uh, the the close majority made that difficult to think about. Now it's a little bit easier. All right. Uh, The throne speech is one thing. Uh, There is obviously a document that is sort of lacking in finite detail. A budget is quite the other thing, even though it's not a full budget. Uh, You're really going to flesh out what we heard today on Monday. What might might we see on Monday? Well, that's the uh, advantage. Uh, We've been seven weeks now in government. We've done a number of things right off the hop. Uh, We've uh, not been... uh, been idle and we wanted to it's unusual to have a throne speech on a friday and then a budget right away on the monday but we made a commitment uh, that we would be back in the legislature in early september we had a first leader first minister or first nations meeting rather uh, in vancouver at the leaders gathering which has been happening for a number of years that was uh, tuesday wednesday thursday so we couldn't start at the beginning of the week and so we wanted to make sure we got the, the blueprint for the government's plan in the form of the throne speech out there for the public to think about, and then to put some flesh on that come Monday when Carol James uh, updates our financial situation. That's where we'll talk about uh, what the growth rate looks like, how we're going to deal with the fire situation, where the capital spend expenditures are going to be, what hospitals are going to be built, what roads are going to be built, where are we going to start addressing the school issues. Those are the things that matter to people, and we can't wait to get going on that come next week. Obviously, you can't spill a lot of those details, but uh, how difficult uh, is it to hammer out this in such short a period of time with so many financial pressures? 
Well, it has been a challenge, and the fire season, uh, you know, I think everyone recognizes it was well beyond anyone's expectation. Uh, we have a usual number, and a number that is in the budget annually that rarely comes close to meeting the cost, but this year it's just been completely blown away. We're in the hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars well beyond budget, and that's going to be a challenge. But again, uh, we all have to hang together. And what has been inspiring to me in my visits to Kamloops and then to the Interior and to Prince George is that people have opened their hearts and their homes to help those that have been dislocated through evacuations. And, and now we need to work with businesses, whether they be agriculture, tourism, small businesses that have had their, their, their year really ruined. And you know, for, for tourism operators, they, they depend on the summer months to make a living throughout the year and we want to be there to help out and that's why again it's so important that i be be back in ottawa making the case to the federal government that we need to have significant resources to address these challenges on the opioid crisis it's uh it's just horrifying uh and while there was a slight decline provincially last month here in Kamloops, we saw the numbers actually increase which was highly unusual uh but at the end of the day these are lives what if anything can you do to kind of curb this thing well, we have uh, appointed a dedicated minister, which we committed to, uh, Judy Darcy. She's responsible for mental health and addictions, and she has been working every day to look at uh, other jurisdictions, whether they be here in Canada, the U.S., or, or around the world, at what are they doing to address the opioid crisis. It's not just happening here in B.C., but, but we first and foremost have to stop the flood of fentanyl into our communities. That's a law enforcement issue. That's a border patrol issue. Again, working with the federal government, we can address that. I'm hopeful we can address that. But when it comes to addictions and addiction services, we need, I believe, to be working every single day to help those people when they do finally uh, find clarity through the addiction to seek help that we're there with treatment services. And, and that, that is critically important in Kamloops. It's critically important in the north and in our major urban centers as well. And I, I just, uh, you're absolutely right. It, it becomes more horrifying by the month. And it's just not acceptable to me. It's not acceptable to the people of BC. And we're going to work as hard as we can to find the solutions that we need to get this thing behind us. Uh, what's the first big piece of legislation that's going to hit the table, John? Uh, banning big money, the proportional representation, what's it going to be? Well, we're going to do the budget and throne debates uh, for next week and into the week after, and then uh, we'll have the debate on uh, big money. We'll have the debate on uh, preparing for uh, the uh, the referendum on pr- proportional representation. There's a number of other issues that we have to bring forward as well, and, and we need to uh, close the loopholes on fixed-term leases so that renters can uh, be assured that they're not going to be gouged by landlords. And we need to put resources into the residential tenancy branch to protect landlords as well as tenants. So there's much work to do. The housing crisis is not just confined, as you know, to uh, the lower mainland. It's a problem right around B.C. Homelessness is an issue that now is even more acute, uh, certainly in Cache Creek, where uh, just at Boston Platts, uh, I went through and saw two uh, manufactured homes standing where 32 used to be. That's an enormous hit in a small community. So we've got lots of rebuilding to do, and uh, we're going to need the resources and the legislative approval to make that happen. Uh, how key is the housing affordability front, John? Uh, I, I was talking to somebody earlier today who made the point that your government could do all sorts of great things, but if you don't deal with housing affordability, all the money saved on, say, poverty reduction on all the other fronts could just be hoovered up in rent and mortgage costs. That's right, and, and that's why we're, we're committed to bringing forward a, uh, a renter's rebate, uh, $400. That will be uh, announced shortly, 
the, how we how we will uh, roll that out to help renters. Uh, and also on the affordability side, in terms of those who want to try and get into the housing market, we need to build more supply. And that's why I put Selena Robinson in charge of both municipal affairs and housing, because we need to make sure we're working with municipal councils to get the approvals we need to build the houses and in the density in the urban centers that will make sense. Uh, so we need to build social housing. We need to build rent purpose housing as well as market-based housing. And, and we're committed to doing that. And uh, it's going to take a, a, a team effort, though, developers, city councils, and uh, the provincial and federal government to make it happen. All right. Uh, two quick questions here. Uh, one still on housing. How do you address speculation and, and bring those prices down uh, without seriously sideswiping people's equity or accidentally crashing the market? Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a delicate balance, and we're working on that. But speculation is what got us here, as well as a, a, a constrained supply. And we want to make sure that we're working in, in, in both areas to make sure that we're uh, discouraging speculation in the market. Uh, we have a proposal that would look at uh, taxing those who are not making and paying taxes already in BC. If they're just using the real estate market as an opportunity to flip properties uh, without uh, making any... Uh, impact on the the provincial economy beyond their own uh, uh, benefit, then we want to clamp down on that. And uh, the Attorney General, Mr. Eby, has been working on that as well and with with the federal government to see what we can do to keep that to a minimum, the the speculation. But we got to bring on more houses. The more houses we bring on, that'll drive down the price. And the last question is MSP. Sheena's saying last question. Yeah. Too late, Sheena. I already said that. Uh, MSP, John, are we going to see that addressed on Monday or, or in February? It, it will be, uh, and and throughout the term, uh, it start. It was uh, we referenced it today in the throne speech. We, of course, we committed to uh, cutting uh, MSP costs in half uh, uh, by January, coming into the next uh, calendar year, and uh, that'll be laid out uh, in in some detail in the statement on Monday. Excellent, Mr. Premier. Thank you. Okay, man. Good to talk to you, Shane.